The Down for Disruption podcast may contain language and subject matter such as trauma, abuse, sexual violence, mental crisis, homelessness, and other sensitive topics that some may find unsettling or offensive. Views expressed by the host are not that of the Alive Network or its affiliates, nor is any commentary a substitute for medical or clinical advice and treatment. Listeners are welcome to explore the opinions and suggestions of any invited expert as they do so choose, but medical recommendations of any kind will not be made by any Alive Network party nor its affiliates. The Alive Network and its affiliates assume no responsibility nor liability for any undue distress or harm one should cause as a result of any spoken or written commentary by either the host or guests that listeners misinterpret or take out of context. We thank you for your support. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Down for Disruption, the safe sandbox for black and brown women over the age of 40 who are struggling to survive midlife events and a mental health diagnosis. It's a lot, y'all. I am your host, the menopausal misbehave her, AJ Wright's mental, that's W-R-I-T-E, mental. Here in the Safe Sandbox, we will heal, we will support one another. All of my magnificent melanin ladies and those who you know feel hopeless or think they're diagnosable. We're going to talk about generational trauma, family dysfunction, accountability, and hold each other's hands. You'll hear from some great therapists on the show. And hey, we're going to take notes and really, really support one another. So climb into the safe sandbox if you can relate. Whether your issue is hot flashes, wild going through bipolar episodes, generalized anxiety about about mammogram appointments, hell, dating after divorce and broken vibrators. Listen, down for disruption, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to get educated. We're going to have fun. And hopefully this is a place where you can self-soothe and self-care. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, hey, ladies, thanks for coming back. We going to have some fun today because y'all know we, season one, we talked all about trauma. And and like I said, season two, the never ending midlife to do list. Right. So what did we talk about last week? You know, making sure we get into therapy when uh, things like arrested development is is just pronounced in our lives. We're just all out here unhinged due to unaddressed trauma, right? Today, we're talking about nutrition uh, and all of those things we need to be mindful of as we age. And, you know, the next couple of weeks, we'll hear all about the disability application process as well as empty nesting and estate planning. So season two is going to be our (laughs) to-do list of stuff, right? So today's episode is episode 10. You read that right on social media. Uh, They about to work roots. We're not talking about voodoo. We're talking about nutrition, vitamins, herbs, and exercise. Because now everybody's holistic and into plants and, you know, rub two leaves together and stand on a scale on one foot in smoothie cleanses. We're going to hear from an actual nutritionist today. This woman is a magician, y'all. I told y'all I'll be finding the good people. Um, Miss Marsha, 
Marsha just so happens to be a nutritious, excuse me, a nutritionist and a registered nurse and a menopause specialist. She's a brown girl over 40 like us. Woohoo! So let me get right into it. Our seasoned nutritionist for the hour is Marsha Kentish. I hope I said that correctly. She's a registered nurse, a licensed dietitian nutritionist, and a certified nutrition specialist who graduated from the Maryland University of Integrative Health in 2019 with a degree in clinical nutrition and integrative health. Um, she provides medical nutrition therapy to individuals and families and works with adults and senior citizens. She also um, provides medical nutrition therapy. Isn't that interesting? To individuals and families, and uh, she works with adults and, and senior citizens. She's received training in the therapeutic ketogenic diet, you know, where are all the keto fans, and motivational interviewing as well. Yay! Marsha is an endocannabinoid nurse consultant. She could tell you what that is. A chronic disease manager and an aging life care professional as well. Didn't I tell y'all she's a magician? Her areas of expertise is working with clients with chronic conditions such as diabetes, elevated blood pressure, high cholesterol, chronic pain, anxiety, depression, GI issues, and menopausal symptoms such as difficulty sleeping, hot flashes, mood swings, and low energy. Marsha uses a functional and integrated approach to diet, which is evidence-based and, and rooted in best practices, okay? So using a personalized and individualized approach, she empowers her clients with skills and knowledge, support my favorite word, and resources needed to develop sustainable new and healthy nutrition habits that ultimately lead to lifestyle changes, right, y'all? Marsha believes that most diseases begin in the gut when appropriate. One approach is to develop a personalized plan to address and restore the gut microbiome using the 5R framework for gut health. Now, while most of us know that our food affects our physical bodies, the idea that our nutrition and diet also impacts our mental health is finally coming in to light. Y'all remember where I talked about the gut-brain connection, right? What was that, episode two? Okay, go back and listen to it. Her advanced clinical skills as a registered nurse, in-depth knowledge of clinical nutrition and training in motivational interview techniques makes her a sound and effective nutritionist and health coach. In Marsha's own words, poor nutrition affects hormonal balances, is responsible for low energy levels, and can weaken the immune system, all of which can also be causes of mental health issues. Right, y'all? So balancing hormone levels, healing the gut, and having nutritious food alone can significantly impact anyone with existing mental health difficulties. So working with a licensed nutrition professional and, and having a corresponding care plan from a therapist for your emotional needs as well, that is essential to improving your nutrition status and mood if you suffer from a mental health and mood disorder like anxiety, you know, depression, ADHD, what have you. Last thing I will say, oh, I don't feel smart. <clears throat> 
<laughs> reading these bios, her experience with gut health issues, depression, chronic pain, and migraines gives her a unique perspective on her clients' challenges. She has successfully managed her own chronic conditions as well as people in her family, y'all. And that is with, you know, diet and lifestyle changes. When I say diet, I don't mean slim fast. I mean, I mean lifestyle changes, right? And Marsha knows firsthand the struggles and challenges of implementing new eating habits and lifestyle changes and how important it is to have a supportive group cheer you on. So this compassionate, patient, empathetic, I mean, Rembrandt we have on our hands here. She hears you and she sees you and she really, really is there for the aging system with some issues. Okay. Welcome, Miss Marsha Kentish. Mrs. Hey, Marsha. Hello. Hello. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, no problem. I, I just, yeah, hey, yeah. Like I said, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When when we don't have to have four different practitioners for one subject or one episode, I'm happy. And and you have about a hundred pieces of paper on your wall, so you can serve multiple purposes here. Um, let's dive right in because today's episode might be a little short, guys. But I want to dive right into the questions that I have for Marsha. Now, I know this um, wasn't previously in our notes, but I um, I just want you to go over really quickly about the 5R framework for intestinal health. What is that about and how can that help the over 40 woman who's experiencing mental health issues? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, that is something that I use all the time. When I am really educating and empowering my clients, it's so important when you start a gut healing protocol that you follow. I mean, some people say five, some people say four. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do, right, is to remove whatever is causing the issues. That's the first thing. And that only going to comes about by paying attention to one's body. So I really encourage my clients to journal, journal. When did you feel bloated? When did that stomach ache started? What what was it that you consumed? Was it an emotion? Was it a food? Um, were you exposed to something? So whatever that is, first of all, needs to be removed. Once we remove that, then we go into healing that gut. So we want to go ahead and um, restore. So that's when we add probiotics, prebiotics, um, what we call... Um, uh, you use substances like mega mucosa, for instance, um, that is uh, going to kind of start healing the gut lining. Once we get the gut really nice and healed, then we want to recondition that gut. Uh, again, that's what we kind of added in the probiotics and the prebiotics. Once we do that, we can start reintroducing those foods. Now, if you still fail the challenge, more than likely that is something that you probably should consider avoiding altogether because you just cannot really tolerate it, whether it's a allergy or a sensitivity. So pretty much that's where those R's come from. We are removing, we're restoring, we are re, um, re-inoculating, and then we are going to go ahead and reintroduce those foods. So that's really the backbone of a good gut healing protocol. Okay. I, that is really, really good. I've never heard of the 
five R's is, is, is that something that you trademarked or can we find it more about it online? Oh, no, no, no. That is something that is known in the functional medicine. Like I said, some people would say four, some people would say five, but at the end of the day, pretty much what we're doing, we want to remove those things. We want to heal the gut. We want to re-inoculate, meaning we want to put back the good things mm-hmm. and then uh, we're going to recondition um, and then reintroduce. Okay, Sandbox Champions, I hope y'all are writing that you get those five R's. If not, you can Google functional medicine. You can Google health coaching. You can Google even um, the uh, importance of your gut, you know, somewhere in the, the search box as it relates to restoring, you know, your your um, healthy gut, I guess, the, the way God intended it. You know what I mean? Especially if you're dealing with mental health issues. So let me move on here. That is good. I had never heard of that. Um, and then the next thing that I, excuse me, wanted to ask you, you know, is can we really, this just, God, I've heard every argument on this. Can we really get all of our vitamins and minerals from foods or are supplements needed at some point? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I wish I could say we can get everything we need from our foods. The problem is that the soil in which our foods is being grown is devoided of essential minerals and vitamins. Um, hence the reason we might want to really consider supplementing. It doesn't have to be every day, um, but at least I think strongly that we should supplement because unfortunately we are not getting everything from our food. That's one issue. Second, because so many of us are walking around with uh, unhealthy gut, even if you were to get top-notch foods that have all the minerals, all the vitamins, all the things that you need, if the gut is not healthy, you are not going to be absorbing those nutrients. Um, so I I strongly believe that, yes, we should supplement. Not I, I'm not the one that believes in having a vitamin D here, vitamin E, and all these different vitamins, you know, multivitamin, multimineral is my to-go because all these things work synergistically. Lots of people will say, for instance, during the COVID, um, people would start taking a lot of zinc. Well, not realizing that when you start taking zinc, you're lowering your copper. And a lot of times, those are, unfortunately, the most vitamins work that way. You take one, you're lowering the other one. So mm. we have to be careful. It should work synergistically. So a multivitamin and multimineral would be my to-go. And again, it doesn't have to be taken every day. For me, for instance, my practice is if I know if it's a day that I'm super busy and I know that I am not going to get high quality foods, for sure, I am going to supplement that day just to make sure that I'm giving my body the nutrients that it needs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because the first thing that comes to mind are... Um People who are vegan, and I was vegan off and on for a year. And yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I felt better, you know, more clarity. I was able to sleep. But then, well, you can only get B12 from animals. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. Um, I, I don't know. I just know I was juicing like crazy. And I said, what vegetable does what for whatever thing I was lacking? And I just went that route. So I... Yeah, <laughs> there's going to always be that argument. Talk about how important nutrient dense foods and food pairings are 
as a woman's body ages, especially given, you know, pre-existing health conditions and people who are on a lot of meds? How can we, you know, help ourselves as African-American women? So super, super important. First of all, food is medicine, right? That's where we are going to get all of the nutrients that we need, all the cofactors that we need for all these chemicals and biological reaction to take place. Without them, something is going to be broken. Without it, something is not going to happen. So having a nutrient-dense food, which means composed of your green leafy vegetable, really the rainbow, right? Your greens, your purple, your oranges, your white, everything. And that's where we're going to get a variety of different things, your vitamin Bs, your Cs, your your um, your Ds, and all the things that we need to really stay healthy. So it is super, super important, even more so as we age, right? Because the longer we on this earth, the more toxic we have become. And we need all the phytonutrients to really help us with the free radicals. That's our protective mechanism. We need to boost the immune system. And we can only get that, again, by eating a very good nutrient-dense food. Um, when you talk about parent, what I think about what comes to mind, because there's a lot of theories out there. For me, when I think about parent, is to always make sure that if you eat a carb, that it, it goes along with a good protein and a healthy fat. Okay. Um, And then another key thing, too, is that when you sit down at the dinner table, most people will start eating what? The vegetable, right? Because as children, that's what we were told. Eat your veggies, eat your veggies, eat your veggies. Well, if you have a problem with glucose or actually insulin sensitivity or you you lack the sensitivity of getting that insulin to drive the sugar into your cells where it belongs, what happens is that if you start your meal with your carbs, you have just spiked your blood sugar. Um, the word I actually was looking for is insulin resistant. Um, my, my, my energy is kind of going down. <laughs> so if you're having an insulin resistant issue, you have just spiked your blood sugar. So when we sit at the table, you should really start eating your protein. You start eating your protein and then you you can maybe go to the fat and then the carbs. Why? Because when you start with your protein and your fat, your you, now your sugars are pretty stabilized. So then now when it, when that carb comes in to the system, you don't have to worry about that spike. So that's just a, a little tip there for when eating our meal. And as, unfortunately, as children, we were taught the complete opposite. Start with the veggies. Mm-hmm. You know, we should start yeah. with our protein. And fats. Okay. Okay. That made me think of something. And and y'all know me and my concussion brain. It it totally slipped. It'll probably come back to me. Oh, yeah. In terms of pairings, like, for example, when I look at my, um, can't remember if it's turmeric or ginger, and then people say, make sure it has black pepper in it. You know what I mean? Or something about phosphorus and vitamin D. You know, how it all interconnects. That's the first thing that comes to my head. So that's really, again, those like for the ginger and the turmeric, the black pepper is going to activate those things. So that's pretty much what it is. You're activating it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be black pepper. It could be just a heat, right? It could be chili pepper. But something that's going to activate those things. Same with... 
taking iron, you've got to make sure that you have vitamin C on board because vitamin C is what's going to really help the iron to get where it needs to. Um, so yeah, so some nutrients act that way. Mm-hmm. Again, the most popular would be your iron, vitamin C, your ginger, turmeric, which your black peppers. Yes. Okay. Now, um, Here's a fun question. I don't know if you've gotten to listen to any of the episodes, especially episode five, uh, the whole scenario with, with the nurse. We had a women's health nurse as well as a maternity specialist on episode five. And I debuted a segment. Uh, I think I'll bring it back next week called Hot Flashes. And it was like speed dating. You know, I was just asking her questions based on her specialty off the cuff to see how many she could get right in one minute. You know, and it was a lot of fun. But I said, I was thinking as white women get older, you know, there's always a commercial about bone problems and osteoporosis. So I asked her, you know, of course, a black RN, what um, three nutrients would you say that most black women are found to be deficient in? And she had said iron, calcium and vitamin D. Would you add anything to that list, Marsha? And if so, what foods would help? Okay. So definitely I would go with vitamin D. Okay. And that could be because of multiple reasons. Again, talked about the gut. If your gut is not healthy, you are going to have a hard time getting vitamin D to really activate. Most people are just taking vitamin D. Well, if you don't have a healthy gut, you are not doing anything with that vitamin D. So vitamin D3 is what is really recommended with a K vitamin, which is going to really get it to where it needs to. Vitamin D also works in calcium. So low vitamin D, low calcium, because you need vitamin D and the K to kind of hold the hands for the calcium and say, here, let me take you to the bones where you need to be and the different organs that Realize the parathyroid and all that good stuff with the vitamin D. Okay. Was re- really, re- I'm sorry, you're, yeah, it was regulated. So vitamin D is activated on the skin, mm-hmm. but you need to be exposed to what? Sun, 30 minutes in the sun. And we need to make sure that our thighs, your arms, your face are exposed to the sun. And most of us do what? We run from sunshine. <laughs> so no wonder vitamin D level is going to be low. So good sources of vitamin D. Cod liver oil. Most people don't. Yeah. I'm getting so, flashbacks. Oh my God, I'm traumatized. So, one tablespoon of cod liver oil will give you 1,360 international unit of vitamin D. Just one tablespoon if you can tolerate the cod liver oil. That would be awesome, right? Then you have salmon, which is my absolute favorite. Salmon will give you about uh, 400. Um, international units of vitamin D, then your tuna, sardines, your organ meats like liver, um, (laughs) eggs, and, you know, Swiss cheese, if you can tolerate that. But that's really low. And the Swiss Swiss cheese, you might only get about six international units. Now, swordfish is another good source. However, with larger fish, then we have to worry about the mercury and the heavy metals. So that is something that if you do decide to eat in moderation, maybe once every other week or so. 
Okay. okay. Um, now we move. Go ahead. Did you say something? No, 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 no. I um, it made me think. I a reason why I said I'm traumatized because my Trinidadian mother, who did not believe in anybody getting sick, you know, two weeks before school started, every single year she'd line us all up and give us a tablespoon or two of cod liver oil. And her excuse was, it's going to clean out all them worms, all that crap you've been eating all summer. And then give us a quarter of an orange wedge to suck on afterwards. And I, yeah, I won't do any oils. I do take a fish oil supplement, but pouring it onto the spoon? No, I'll have to call my therapist afterwards. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So then calcium, it also makes sense because most of us have a lactose intolerance. So we're going to stay away from dairy, mm. right? Which is one of the primary source of calcium. That is not the only one, but that's the one of the main ones. So if you're avoiding dairy, yeah, there's no surprise that calcium level is going to be low. But people also fail to realize that green leafy vegetables is a good source of calcium as well. So mm-hmm. we're not limited to just milk dairy products. Right. Right. So again, when you eat the rainbow, you're going to get a little bit of all these minerals, all these vitamins from your foods. Now, with the calcium is something that I really don't. Oh, what's the word? How I want to say this? I don't recommend supplementation, especially if you are already in postmenopause or menopause, right? Your bones are already set, okay? Calcium is not going to make your bones stronger after a certain age. At that point, it is too late now. What happens is, especially for those who have cardiovascular um, disease, when you start taking calcium, and a lot of people, they just read things on Google, they see stuff on the on the TV and they run to the store and they pick it up. They have absolutely no idea how it needs to be taken. So then they start taking all this calcium. Calcium calcifies, right? The word says a calcium. It makes things harder. So it starts to deposit. So someone who has lots of inflammation, now you become risk, you're at risk of a cardiovascular event because your arteries are hard now. They're hardened. And then you can, you know, have a stroke and all these other things. So, you know, I don't honestly feel that anyone should be supplementing with calcium after, you know, once you get into menopause and postmenopause, that should primarily come from your um, your diet. <laughs> and again, lots of green leafy vegetables. If you cannot digest um, lactose, then there are options. There's lactose-free dairy products out there. Okay. Okay. That's good. Let me ask, you practice out of where now? What state? I'm in Virginia. Virginia. That's right. You told me. Virginia Beach, right? Yes. Okay. You practice out of Virginia Beach. Well, for as long as you've been doing this, especially for patients who would benefit from your nurse credential, your menopause credential, and your nutritionist credential, what types of preventable diseases, you know, that are caused by poor nutrition and sedentary habits do you mainly see in the black and brown women over age 40 that you treat? And do those diseases, you know, those disease numbers, do they speak to the minority of black and brown women, according to the research, or the majority of our demographic overall? For sure, I'm going to say come in with prediabetes, nothing is done, and then we get a diagnosis of diabetes. 
I would have to say that is the number one, followed by hypertension. Mm. And that kind of makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because as we age, again, we become insulin resistant. So if intervention is not done, then you will be diagnosed with diabetes. Mm. And then the hypertensive portion as well, that comes along with menopause, unfortunately. As estrogen decreases, all kind of, our bodies just go completely crazy. <laughs> so um, definitely um, hypertension will follow the diabetes. And again, all of these are preventable because your grandmama had it. Doesn't mean you're going to have it right. or you should have it. it the, the reason why it goes from generation to generation to generation is because everybody continues to eat the same yep. thing, same exact thing. And yes, of course, then you're going to have diabetes and hypertension. But if you change the way you eat, you change your environment, um, more than likely you can definitely dodge that bullet. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard over and over and over, and I um, have a health coaching degree as well, um, that, you know, <clears throat> diabetes and diseases and hypertension don't run in families, really bad recipes and, you know, generational habits, eating habits, eating poorly runs in families. Exactly. You know, exactly. just because your grandmama put pig feet in the collard greens doesn't mean you have to, you know, exactly. just, just because they ate fried chicken four days a week doesn't mean you have to. Because now look at grandma. She's got an amputated leg. She's got gout. She's got high blood pressure. You know, she's about to lose an eye. You know what I mean? That stuff is preventable. I want to talk before we're done about cleanses. Lord, Lord, Lord. And like I said, I, y'all know I got a West Indian mama. She got a root, a plant <laughs> for everything, you know, mm-hmm. and even if it may seem like it work and you feel better, it's, it, it doesn't mean it's smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all right, y'all. So again, we, you know, are here with the, you know, phenomenal, all-knowing mother of all things, nutrition and vitamins and, and herbs and a nurse, Marsha Kentish here, um, you know, for episode 10, they bout to work roots. No, we're not talking about voodoo. We're talking about food. And, and I really wanted to get a separate segment here to promo this episode because everybody is about cleanses now. Cleanse this, cleanse that, you know, cleanse the gut. What do you call those things? High colonic enemas. And yeah, folks have gone cleanse crazy. So my um, question, Marsha, is, you know, how do you feel about cleanses? To cleanse or not to cleanse? And if they actually work or some are actually good for you, which ones? What do you steer clear of or what do you make maybe an occasional habit out of? What are your thoughts? Okay. It might be semantic, but I prefer to just use the word detox. Okay. That's what I prefer, just gentle detox. So absolutely, I believe that we should do a detox maybe every six months, you know, every three months. It just depends. And that is because we are exposed again with so many toxins. We are just bombarded. We are radioactive. And you have to incorporate that in your health journey. 
Now, it doesn't have to be anything drastic and dramatic and all of this. Again, if you practice it and it's something that you incorporate, then maybe once a year, you could probably do the big thing. But there are key things that needs to be in place before you embark in any of this. Because I don't know if you have any experience of people going and doing a cleanse or a detox and then they get sick. Right. Mm-hmm. And they wonder, am I sick? It doesn't make any sense. Why? Because they fail to do several things. Before you embark in a cleanse or detox, you better make sure that you're pooping. Okay. You should be pooping two, three times a day. You need to make sure that you have the ability to sweat, to, pers- to perspire. You need to make sure that you are urinating. Right. Because these are all the pathways that our body detox. So if if these are not working, all you're doing is releasing toxins into your body and it has absolutely nowhere to go. Hmm. So what's going to happen is going to recycle and people get sick. A good cleanse, a good detox is going to include include definitely um, during that time you want to reduce your caloric intake, right? Because you want fat to be released. You want your body to start using that fat as energy. You want to make sure that you're moving. You cannot do a cleanse and sit around. That is not okay. You need to get on a rebound. You need to walk. You need to do some type of movement. Infrared sauna, especially if you cannot sweat, infrared sauna is a must because we want to sweat. We want to get rid of that toxin. You need to make sure, again, like I said, that gut needs to be working properly. And then the other thing that people really makes you hydration because you want to make sure the toxins are moving and you're excreting it. And then you want a binder, which a lot of people fail to do. Again, you're releasing a toxin. It has to have something to grab onto so that you can excrete it. So if these steps are not followed, more than likely, you're going to get, get yourself in trouble. Mm. So now detox that you can do on a daily basis, the pen or every other day, um, castor oil packs are great. How do you right? pronounce that? Castor oil, just castor oil. Oh, oh, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're not, you're not, it's not oral. It's just, you're going to put, put it on your stomach, your liver, you know, your kidneys. And, and for people that are just busy running, 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 that's kind of like a way to kind of force them to just chill for 30 minutes. You know, you just put it, put the casserole pack with some heat and you just sit there for 30 minutes. And it's an amazing way to detox. Dry brushing is another way to also detox. Remember, our skin is the largest organ in our body. So dry skin also works. So yeah, those are basic detoxification things that we can do. It doesn't have to be, you know, all these drinks and potions and whatever it is that people do. So yeah, like for instance, if you do, if you want to do a three days cleanse and providing all the other things that I just said is working properly, something like cabbage soup, something mm-hmm. simple like that. Um, of course, doing a detox or cleanse, you want to abstain from red meat. Okay. You pro- if you do have to have your protein, make sure that is organic, white fish or chicken breast. And again, emphasizing organic because another mistake. We're doing a cleanse. We're doing a detox. Right. But the fruits and vegetables you're eating are loaded with pesticide and herbicide. It makes absolutely no sense. So you have to make sure that your foods are clean doing a detoxification because then you now you're just introducing 
all these pesticide and herbicide into your body. All over again. Okay. <laughs> Sandbox champions. Did y'all get that? That, that was a checklist. Before you get started, this is good. Make sure you are already pooping regularly and peeing regularly and and sweating regularly. And if not, you know, try to spend some time in an infrared sauna because this all helps with excretion. This is how your body releases waste. You want to decrease your caloric intake. You know, you you can't start a cleanse, but then you go to McDonald's. You know what I mean? You want to decrease your caloric intake, but increase your water. You want to move. You know, you can't say you're on a cleanse and then you sit on the couch for 13 hours a day. You want to eat organic foods and, and abstain from red meat, right? This, this is good. Just, um, a couple more questions, especially as it uh, relates to our age group. Now, how, because so many of us are busy, you know, we, we've got parents to take care of. We've got kids to take care of or kick out of the house. We've got our own crap to deal with. How does a midlifer, as I call us, a midlifer woman eat healthy on the go when most of us are so busy? And can you name at least one thing that you would say is the most important to learn or unlearn about understanding food labels, food gimmicks, and deceptive marketing? <laughs> Let's start with that one because that, that one is fun. Okay. Whew. Everything is fat-free, sugar-free, what is it? Low sodium, right? Not <laughs> free. Yeah. Well, guess what? The food industry is in the business of selling food, right? So that means it needs to be tasty. So whatever that fat-free, sugar-free is still needs to be tasty. So if we remove the fat, we're substituting it for something. And that something is more likely going to be sugar. So just buyer beware, Okay. Um, fat does not make us fat, right? That was a lie from the food industry and sugar. Now the sugar free. So they use all the sugar substitutes, uh, the, what is it? The stevia, Splenda, the Splenda, I'm sorry, not stevia, but Splenda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I usually refer to the pink, the yellow, and the blue. Because <laughs> I couldn't keep up. You know, I have them color-coded and I tell my patient just stay away from them. So those are chemical substances that are man-made, made in a in a lab that we are not able to break down. The body does not recognize it. So it is toxic to our body. So if you had to make a choice between the sugar substitute and real sugar, go for the sugar and just go walk. <laughs> wow. Yes, you cannot break that down. Now, stevia, I, I, for instance, I have stevia leaf. I grow my own stevia leaf. And when I harvest that, what I'll do, I will just put that in the kettle to boil. And if I say want lemonade or tea or whatever, then you use that water and it's already naturally sweetened. And if you use the fresh leaf, it, you don't have that aftertaste like when you use the process um, one. Okay. It's really mild, nice. And then you get to really enjoy what you're drinking because it's not the sugar. You're actually enjoying, you know, the lemons and whatever else you've just made. You're, you're 
your herbal tea, you're really tasting the tea and not the sugary thing. And I think a lot of people go for the sweetness and not really for the essence of, of the herbs that they're actually ingesting. So so my label gimmick will be that. Just be bioware, fat-free. It might be fat-free, but it's going to come at a cost. High fructose corn syrup, sometimes it is spelled out and sometimes they just use the initial. So you need to pay attention to that. Hmm. It is super, super toxic to the body. Tricks for eating on the run. I like bowls. They're so, I think it's, it's gotten a lot easier, especially with all the Mediterranean restaurants that are around. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to call names, but like your Chipotle. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Uh, Chipotle and the other one that's similar to it, I can't Mo's, right? Those are options because you can go in there. At, at least they advertise that their meats are free range and grass fed. So you can do that if you want to opt out of the protein. You can always get a bowl with beans and lots of vegetable. Mm-hmm. And you have the guacamole, which is your healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's a good option. Brown rice instead of white rice. And then at the Mediterranean, um, I can't think of a name of one right now. Um, you th- Those are healthy options as well. You can get good salads, like for instance, Chick-fil-A. So instead of opting for the breaded chicken, you can do the grilled chicken. Um, so really, I think it is a lot easier now to okay. really eat on the run. Um, but, you know, people usually opt for the unhealthy options on the menu, but yeah. Yeah. You know, and I I tell people, I'm always mindful of every person represented in this down for disruption audience. And, you know, I I consider often the people who live in some type of food scarcity um, county, not even city, the whole county is just strapped. Right. And, mm-hmm. and they don't have those things available to them. And what I've always said is I said, you know what, especially in podunk backwoods country towns or just poor black neighborhoods, a lot of gas stations still have microwaves. So you can um, make your bowls at home and you're on the go. You know, the bus is running late and you happen to be at the gas station. Okay. You can run in there, sit down and have something to eat or something to eat after work. You just kind of have to make do. And it is hard because we're already working 20 hours a day and not sleeping. And then on top of that, you're eating whatever is available or what's out of the vending machine. So yes. The hardboiled leg is actually a good option too. You know, you can, that's easy travel with. Mm -hmm. You know, hard boiled egg, that, that is a good option too. Something that is quick, you know, loaded with good protein and yeah. Yeah. My truck looks like an RV. I mean, I've got crackers. I've got first aid kits. I, I've got water. I've got crystal light. I eat, you name it. If I got stranded, I'd be good for a month. Well, that's good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm about the crystal light part of it, but yeah, you're good. <laughs> Uh, so plant-based or to not plant-based, I'm going to make all the forks over knives people mad. No, that's a personal option, you know, and I think we spoke about this, um, earlier. It's about what makes you have, what gives you the energy to get up and do work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are eating a plant-based and you have the energy, you get up, you, you, can do what you need to do, your skin is nice, your hair is growing, then 
go for the plant-based. Just make sure that it doesn't consist of junk because a lot of people transition to plant-based and then we eat in the fake meats and we eat in mm-hmm. the, 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 I don't know, all the things in boxes. If you're going to do plant-based, when I hear plant-based, I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is luscious, right? Mm-hmm. All the greens, the, the veggies, the nuts, the seeds. But unfortunately, that is not what people are doing. Right. But again, if you are thriving on the plant-based, go for it. Not everybody is able to. I tried it. My hair started to break out. I was tired. I was exhausted. I couldn't move. The beans made me super bloated, you know? So for me, that was not the ideal diet for me. Okay. My diet is primarily plant-based, but of course I still eat animal protein. Mm -hmm. Everything is in moderation. And again, whatever works for you. So I don't subscribe to this is better and this is better is whatever is best for the individual. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because you, you, you'll always have those people. Well, my neighbor did keto and she lost 30 pounds in a month. I, I tried it and I didn't get those results. So I'm glad you said that. Keto is not for everyone either. Exactly. Exactly. And then you smell the breath in the crotch of some people. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, water. Water. Dear God. Water. You have some of us that maybe they don't have access to clean water. And a lot of people I heard, I don't like water. It don't have a taste to it. So what can we do to increase our water intake and electrolytes, especially for those who don't like water and most of us on a bunch of meds? Are there any foods you can suggest besides watermelon, celery and cucumber? Well, again, um, earlier talked about cabbage. Yeah, Cabbage is super hydrating, right? So it doesn't have to be necessarily... See, I think this is where people get really confused. When we talk about hydration, it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to have a cup of water. We also have to consider like the, the vegetables and the fruits that you just mentioned. Those are great. Um, cabbage is great. Celery is great if you like celery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if for, for those who just don't like plain water, then do an infusion. You know, you can just... Fill up your gallon of water. You can infuse rosemary. You can infuse basil, especially for the menopausal woman. You know, those things are going to be grounded and going to cool them. So you could do a nice infusion, stick it in the refrigerator. Mint. Um, If you like berries, you could do berries. You can just get really creative. Also, keep in mind, if you're drinking two, three cups of teas, that counts as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just not the water. If you drink a cup of soup, that counts as well. Vegetable that are that retains water, all those things count toward hydration level. And you know that you will hydrate it by looking at your skin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, looking at your nails, make sure that they're not cracking, um, that your lips are not chopped or anything like that. So that's a good way to really assess your hydration status. And we know when we are dehydrated because you can feel it. Um, your, everything is going to be dried. Your lips are going to be tight. So yeah, so we don't really have to have that, oh my gosh, I have to get eight, ten cups of water a day and people really very seldom want to really abide by that but you know just have to make it fun and creative okay i like that fun and creative now i'm not gonna do hot flashes but i am gonna pick your brain about something because this has come up in a couple of episodes i'm glad you're a nutritionist as in a nurse here's where i'm going with this in episode five we talked to the nurse about fibroids 
at this age and chronic stress or chronic depression, you know, we, we we're just the queens of chronic, right? And she had said, I, I, I can't, I, I'd have to paraphrase her when I say this, maybe, you know, what, what she was talking about, like basically stress or an overload of cortisol in our bloodstream or something like that. It like fibroids tend to, you know, thrive or all that stress feeds them. And, and no matter how well you eat, you know, stress will make it difficult, you know, for a fibroid treatment. So from a nutritional perspective, what would you say about those with, you know, fibroids and, and um, fibroid pain all the time? What can they do to help themselves? Since as we hear all the time, food is medicine, you know, turmeric for inflammation and ginger for a healthy gut and evening primrose for hot flashes and the whole long list. How does all of that, you know, factor in to fibroid management? Okay. So you're talking about fibrocystic disease, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So two things. Fibroid is more uh, or more hormonal thing, right? That will be the root. If you're going to look at the root cause, it's more a hormonal. Stress and that eating properly will probably cause a flare up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to think that stress is the root cause of one developing fibroid because that is not the root cause that will cause an exacerbation. Anti-inflammatory, and you just mentioned it, is key. A lot of times, you know, gluten is one of the big, big, big problems in the country. And the reason why is because the wheat is heavily sprayed with glyphosate. And glyphosate is a toxin, so if you have a diet that is high in processed carbohydrates, white breads and pastas and all this stuff, those things are very pro-inflammatory. And that is definitely going to really cause exacerbation. Mm. Stress, stress is going to exacerbate everything and anything. If you stress, you are going to just ramp your immune system up and cause a lot of inflammation. And yes, with stress, cortisol level increases. Cortisol level increase, blood sugar increase, and there's a whole different cascade of things that's going on. But I don't know if I answered your question. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> I'm listening, taking notes. Diet that is very anti-inflammatory. So then lots of green leafy vegetable, resveratrol, quercetin, all of those things gonna really help damper that inflammatory response. Okay. Okay. Well, this has been an interesting hour. I, I could sit here and really pick your brain about stuff because like I said, I am the most non-textbook person. I mean, I, I have had practitioners in every discipline stumped. I mean, stumped, you know? So yeah, I, 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 I think I, I should have you back. So tell us, um, are you taking new clients and what insurances um, do you accept or do you do private pay on a sliding fee scale? So I am licensed in the state of Virginia, mm -hmm. in Maryland. In Virginia, I am in network with, uh, let's see, Virginia Premier, Optima, Aetna, United Healthcare, Medicare, and Medicaid. Okay. Other than that, then if 
you don't have any of the insurances that I listed, then that's definitely will be private pay. And yes, I am taking new clients. Now, we could do two things. It could be either medical nutrition therapy. Usually those are coming with referral because they're more prescriptive in nature. But as far as the health coaching, that I could do that in all states. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a medical diagnosis, and that will be normally self-pay. Okay. I used to do sliding scale through an organization that you might be familiar with, and I know I'm going to butcher it. It's called Living Path. I, I don't know. I, I forgot now. My brain just stopped working. <laughs> but as of a couple of weeks ago, they stopped um, that program. And I used them because I was able to verify or they would verify income and let me know. But um, that would be a bit a bit tasking for me to have to verify income. So right now I don't really have a way to offer in sliding scale. Mm-hmm. I will have to talk to someone in a one-on-one and then, you know, see whether or not that is something that I can do. And the reason that is super challenging is because my intake takes a long time. I put a lot of work into mm-hmm. what I do. I'm going over labs. I'm going over medication. I'm doing a lot of intervention. So, yeah, but I'm not saying I, I can't, I won't do it, but it would definitely have to be in a one-on-one. That's um, understandable. Basis. Thank you so much. Uh, um, Sandbox Champions, y'all got another good one. Please tell us lastly, Marsha, how can we find you on social media or any websites, merch, projects you got going on? Sure. My website is www.altumwellness.com. And I am a social media. You can find me on Facebook. You could either look for my name, Marsha Kentish or Altum Health and Wellness. And uh, Instagram, my handle is at Altum Wellness. And that's A-L-T-U-M, Altum Wellness. Okay. All right, y'all. We... Ooh, breathe. <laughs> We're going to have to have you come back because uh, what Thanksgiving, you know, what's going to happen December then all the resolutions and then we're eating a pound of chocolate for Valentine's Day. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much, Marsha. Everything Look, in moderation. Yeah, 80-20. 80-20. Yeah. Everything in moderation. I, I, I like the whole 80-20 thing. All right. Thank you so much. Whew. Another day of healing on the books, my sandbox champions. We did it, ladies. Did y'all enjoy today's episode? Hey, listen, shoot me an email at lowercase letter I disrupt at disruption.buzz. I disrupt at disruption.buzz. Of course, we're starting a buzz. I'd love to hear from each and every last one of y'all. Now, again, while I AJ, do not give clinical advice. We we do welcome your feedback here about the show. Any thoughts on, you know, how you're currently healing or adjusting the diagnosis? Anything you want to share? Maybe a, a testimony or anything like that? Or heck, maybe just one event. Look, AJ, I get it. Life is lifing, right? Perhaps you've already started some type of uh, self-repair routine that you want to share, okay, let us know. And and where are my generational curse breakers? <laughs> Y'all better pull up. Anybody having that tough conversation with mama or 
somebody else who looked the other way, breathe. I get it. I get it. And we are all in the safe sandbox to heal together. Be sure to subscribe to Down for Disruption on the Alive podcast app on iOS and Android, where you can support this podcast monthly and and share your favorite moments there as well. Follow Down for Disruption on Instagram at Down for Disruption. Once again, the Down for Disruption podcast is the safe sandbox for black and brown women over the age of 40 who are struggling to manage midlife while battling a mental health diagnosis. We are out here, ladies. Thank you so much for your time as usual. I had a blast. I am your favorite menopausal misbehave her. AJ Wright Mental, that's W-R-I-T-E Mental. See you in the sandbox next Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Have a good Saturday, y'all. Bye-bye.